I want to talk to you about jerks. And I'll do it in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So you heard me talking about built Bars for a little while now. And I know, despite what my sense of taste tells me, built Bars are technically protein bars. But here's the thing. I think they're candy bars, and I think they should be marketed as candy bars. Built Bar is like, no, it's a protein bar. It's really healthy for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a candy bar. No, it's a health bar. Candy bar. Health bar. Candy bar. It's made with 100% real chocolate, and they taste like candy bars. Now, I guess you're going to get those people who, you know, want to eat healthy. I just want to be healthy. Well, if you're calling them a candy bar, I guess it'll be harder to get those people on board. But then if they actually do their homework and they really want to be healthy, then they'll read the package. That's not something candy bar consumers do. We just eat it. It's good. Yummy. Open package. Eat. Health people, they read the package. They see it's loaded with protein and it's got five net carbs or four net carbs, 120 calories. They're fantastic for the healthy people. But this is a victory for us poor slobs down, you know, thinking I'm too fat to even start thinking about not getting fat anymore. I'm just going to eat candy bars. And it's it's a hoax, people. It's a hoax. It's a candy bar. Uh, it's a protein bar. Built bar. You decide. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your next order. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. All right, so I want to talk to you about jerks. And, uh, you know, and you know who I'm talking about. I mean, all the jerks in your life, all the jerks in my life, <laughs> do. Uh, and, uh, hmm? And where did that come from? Where are all these jerks come from? How come there are so many jerks around us? I was born in New York, and I yeah, grew yeah, up in yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. Whew. Well, you know what it is. It's the hardships of childhood. They had a hard time in childhood. They had, oh my gosh, they had all kinds of trials and tribulations that you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They had tests like crazy. Oh boy, they were put to the test. And so what happens is most people will, you know, mask the pain. I used alcohol to mask the pain. Others mask it with greed or gluttony. I actually do a little of that one too. Arrogance. Distance. And so you look at them and you're like, that's an arrogant SOB. And you don't know about all the trials and the tests and the tribulations. But which one do you want to be? I mean, because we all had stuff that happened to us. All. We all have had stuff happen to us. You know, it's funny. A friend of mine said, you know, everybody wants a testimony. Everybody loves the testimony of somebody who is like, oh, my gosh, I was so poor and broke and downtrodden and I had nothing. And then all of a sudden I realized and now look at me. I'm Jennifer Aniston. And everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. But a testimony requires the first part. It's not the emoni. It's the test. The test is what gives you the ammoni. And nobody wants it. Nobody wants hard times. Life is unfair. It's so unfair. I don't like it because it's not fair. Who, who started this lie that life was fair? Life, 
Life is hard. And then it gets harder. And then you die. Now, that's pretty pessimistic way to look at it, but it's true. Um, however, that's I could not get through my day if it was like that. I've had really, really bad days. I've had really bad years. I've had horrible decades. But it gets better. Even my lows aren't so low. And that happened for a reason. So if you're today thinking, well, I can't make it. Or if you think that there's really legitimate, and I'm sure there are, really legitimate things that have happened to you that are unfair, the question is, stop whining for a second. If you want to fix it, ask yourself this question. So now what? My life sucks right now. And the world is unfair. Okay, now what? Because you can't just spend your whole life, oh, life is unfair. Yeah, I know, I know. You've told me a thousand times. Now what? And you really have two routes. You can try to make life fair. That's going to be tough. But you can try to make life fair. Now, the problem with that is, is when you make it fair for some, it will be unfair for others. For instance, income tax. Is it fair that, you know, people at the upper end of the uh, spectrum pay 50% of everything they earn and 50% of the country pays nothing? Is that fair? Do we all have a dog in the fight? Are we all in it together if half of the people are getting money from the government and not putting anything in? I don't think that's fair, but life isn't fair. But if we're trying to make it fair, well, for instance, there's a story out. The Democrats are now going to, uh, they're trying to pass some, uh, some new, uh, new bill, a Democratic proposal that will give more federal aid to black people than white people. Well, that doesn't sound fair, does it? Just because of your skin color, you have a better chance of getting aid. Look, I, you know, if, if, if something's out of balance, I want to fix that because fairness is treating everyone alike. I thought, but now fairness is to make sure, I guess that we're discriminating against one group in favor of another. But I thought that was discrimination. And we banned that in our enlightened 1960s and 1865. I thought we I thought we got rid of that stuff. At least that's what we were trying to do. But see, it's the disparity. Whites, 72 percent of white families own a home. Only 42 percent of black families own homes. Okay, so that's a 30 point gap. That's bad. It must have been getting worse, right? Well, in 1960, that 30 point gap was a 27 point gap. So the 20 trillion dollars. That the United States of America has put in to raise the level of black families trillions, over $20 trillion. And we still have a 27 point gap over a 30% gap. And has the rest of their lives gotten better from this? 
No, but you know, life isn't fair. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you're trying to fix an issue of unfairness, what happens when your fix becomes unfair? Then you have to ask yourself, do the ends justify the means? Do you think you should be punished for laws that you didn't create? In other words, I didn't round up the Japanese. FDR did. I didn't enslave people. My people weren't even here in America when that was going on. I mean, I hate to point out they were in Germany because it doesn't really help my case any, but they weren't here. So what's the deal with that? That doesn't seem fair. Would you want to pay for something that you didn't have any part of? Would you want to be punished for something you wouldn't want that you didn't do? Would you want to be punished because those who look like you in terms of skin color did something or created something that now is deemed bad, but was fine back then? I wouldn't. And I wouldn't want to subject anybody else because if I can subject them to that, they can subject 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 me into that same category. The best man can do. Is say life isn't always fair and try to create win wins. But to create a win win, you kind of have to let nature work. So your first option is, you know, try to make life fair. But that's fraught with traps. The other is you could get angry and take it out on others. And that's where a lot of people go. It's where a lot of people are now. Why do you think, where did Antifa come from? What is that? They care about totalitarianism. No, they don't. They're fascists. It's either their way or no way. That's pretty much a thumbnail of a fascist. Where did all this anger come from? Well, they're white. Mainly white people. And they've had a very hard time usually growing up in the suburbs. So you can see the angst there. Uh Uh-huh. We're just trying to help other people, trying to make it fair for them. Oh, by being unfair? Well, life's just against you. Really? Because I'd like to say life is probably not against you. Most likely not. Most likely not against you. You know, everybody is born and everybody, you know, is is not born with the same anything except humanness. So we're all human. Um, But life is supposed to be something that you can work your way through. And, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was kind and actually thanked the executioner right before he was hung. He seemed to work that out. And it was pretty bad. He was in a concentration camp. For a while. And then executed 15 days before Hitler. How unfair is that? He fought against Hitler the whole time. And 15 days before Hitler kills himself, they execute him. Boy, that's not fair. Sometimes it's true that the cards are stacked against you. I mean, I'd hate to point out that uh, the cards were pretty much stacked against me from birth. You know, to be here? No way. No way this would happen. Is it because I'm white? Nope. It's because I was raised. Figure it out. It's got to be a path. Figure it out. 
Now, when when no media would take me, when everybody was like, oh, you can't be anything but Fox. Really? I'm going to start something new. That's crazy. How stupid is that? Nobody's going to watch streaming online. Uh, yeah, that's what they said 10 years ago. Now look at where we are. Life. I can't get a show on a network. I've tried to get shows on Amazon and Netflix, HBO. I've met with them. They've actually said to me, this is great, but we can't work with you. Why? Because the other artists wouldn't like it. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that doesn't seem fair, does it? Does it? So do I go and try to break them all up and say, you can't do that? Nope. Nope. Just do it my way and realize that there are things I can't do. But see, I take a third way to life isn't fair. I know that. I admit that. Sucks to be you sometimes. Sucks to be me sometimes. But I also know that I'm a beacon. I also know that what I think I attract. So if I'm thinking negative things, I'll attract negative things. If I think negative thoughts, I'm going to attract negative people. But if I'm thinking positive things, good things, and I'm actually engaged in living that, good things will follow. Not always. Not the things that you necessarily want. I haven't wanted the last 10 years. Stu, have you really wanted the last 10 years? If you were mapping out 10 years ago what these 10 years would have been like, would you have got, you know what, Glenn, I'd be happy if, uh, if that was the path. <laughs> I may have diagrammed it a little bit I, uh, Yes, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. right. But are you happy with where you are now in 10 years, even though everything that's happened to us in the last 10 years? Sure. I, I am. It's all part of that journey, I suppose. Even though some some turns we ran into brick walls. Yes. And really kind of like did some damage. (laughs) Not to the wall, to us. (laughs) You know, study after study shows that religious people and conservatives are happy. They're happier than liberals. And the more down that road of Marxism you go, the darker you seem to go. Why? Because where's the hope in everything sucks? Where's the hope in I'll never get better? I'll never get out of this trap and neither will my kids. Where is the hope in everything has to be burned down? You know, because at some point you do stop and go, if we burn everything down, what's going to be left that will get everybody to hang together through it? That's why Marxist revolutions always end in some horrible... You know, it wasn't it wasn't Stalin uh, that was uh, was the pick of the people. That happened afterwards. Stalin came in, you know, right after. It doesn't work out. And it did here in America because they had a positive vision. We believe that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And to make sure that those things are guarded, we lend certain rights to the government. And if the government ever becomes an adversary to those rights, we have the right and the responsibility to abolish it and then set something up that will be better at protecting those rights. 
See, it's not like we're going to abolish America. That's what that's what Antifa would say. We're just going to do something different. Really? What? Could you share it with us? That's what people in Washington are doing. We're just going to change all this to what? How about you share it? See, that was the difference between all revolutions and our revolution. We set out at the forefront. This is what we want to build. And if we can take control of our own self, we will build that. And they did. And it wasn't it wasn't promised to be utopia. It was promised to be a place that would live by the rule of law, not the rule of men, but the rule of law. And that we would correct our mistakes. Because we weren't we weren't setting up a perfect nation. We want to set up a more perfect nation, one that is going to have flaws, one that's going to one that's not going to be fair because only God's kingdom will be fair. One that won't be fair, but we try every day to make it more fair, more perfect for as many people as we can without doing harm to the rights of the rest of the people. All right. I I can't believe I've had my rec tech for like a year and a half. I can tell you I am in love with it today as much as I was in love with it the first day I got it. Because Rectech gives me the opportunity to make amazing, delicious meals that, between you and I, uh, aren't burnt. Everything I ever tried to grill burned to a crisp. Because I'll go in and I'll like forget about it and the whole damn thing will be on fire when I get out there. And I'm like, well, all steaks... We only have to cut a couple of inches off the top and the bottom, and there should be a sliver of steak in there someplace that's edible. Rectech, uh, it cooks using smart grill technology. It knows when to adjust the temperature. It lets me observe uh, everything on an app. So right now in, in uh, Dallas, it's uh, about 100 degrees and uh, about 100% humidity, and I like it about not at all. And so standing out in front of my grill does not sound like a good idea. But with Rectech and their smart grill technology, I'm in. Follow Rectech on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech with a Q.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, who are we as a people? I heard a story uh, the other day about a guy who's going out and he needed to do some shopping. And it was a downtown because they didn't have malls back then. Just like now. He needed to do some shopping and needed to go out, but it was raining. So he took an umbrella with him. He goes into the first store and he, you know, buys some stuff. And while he's in there, it stops raining. And then he goes to the next door and he does some stuff and buys some stuff. And then the next door and the next door. Well, at the end of the day, he's done all of it. But he realizes because it's now raining again. Crap. I don't have my umbrella. Where did I leave my umbrella? He left it at one of the stores. So he backtracks. He goes to the last door. No umbrella. Next door. Hey, have you seen my umbrella? No, I don't have your umbrella. Next door. Gets all the way back to the first store. And the guy who's in the first store says, oh, my gosh, yeah, we do have your umbrella. We were hoping you would come back. The guy takes it and he grumbles on his way out. Thank God for an honest man. 
All the rest of the stores claimed they didn't have it. (laughs) This is what we're living in right now. This is what we're living in. Sometimes you really don't have a reason to be pissed. You know? All right. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about football. Yeah. Yeah. Stu? That's why you come here to this program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually... Well, I don't want to talk football. I do. I'm interested in the topic of the masks with what's happening with football. And so I thought I'd bring in an expert. And it's not Stu. Well, I mean, you do go to Jason Whitlock when you want to hear some talk about football and culture. Yeah. Jason Whitlock's joining us in just about a minute. Stand by. Hey, I don't know if you've heard the good news or not, but Democrats have proposed another $5 trillion uh, reconciliation and social reform bill. It's great. And by the way, did you hear Janet Yellen say that, you know, a few years ago we had to we had to do a debt continuation thing where we're, we're just promising, hey, we're good for this debt. We're good for this debt and we won't stop paying our bills. Um, yeah, it might not be good to spend another five trillion dollars when she said this absolutely positively must pass. You have to do everything possible to not default on our debts for even a minute. Okay, all right. Well, sounds like a good safety tip. Maybe we're spending too much. This week, Goldline is giving away free silver with their extremely popular $5 Indian coins. These, With every qualifying order, you will receive 10 brilliant uncirculated sil- uh, silver Kennedy half dollars at no additional cost. Great special on an already low-cost item. If you're thinking about gold and silver, and you should be, this is the perfect promotion for you. They're standing by right now waiting for your call at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV, including the new Fearless with Jason Whitlock. With its COVID protocols, the NFL is implementing medical Jim Crow, and Joe Biden loves it. That's from the latest edition uh, of uh, the Blaze podcast from Jason Whitlock. Who's joining us now? Hi, Jason. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Happy Monday. Yeah, thank you. So I've been—I heard this uh, about the NFL over the weekend, and I'm not qualified to talk about it at all. So I thought I'd let you and Stu talk about—let you and Stu talk about it. You know, for the people who you know want something halfway accurate. Perfect. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here to do it. This okay. Is... So what do you mean by modern day Jim Crow? Well, uh, to be quite honest with you, Tucker Carlson coined the phrase medical Jim Crow. Uh, A couple of months ago, he was talking about how these COVID restrictions are going to negatively impact black Americans because we are the most reluctant by all the data. All the data says we are the most reluctant to take the COVID vaccines. And we're seeing it play out in the National Football League. The, the, The NFL has implemented some rules in terms of even if you're unvaccinated, 
and you breach any of the protocols they set up, including not having your mask on 24-7 whenever you're in the building, you're going to face a $14,000 fine. If if your team has some kind of COVID uh, outbreak that involves an unvaccinated player, you, your team could be forced to forfeit games and paychecks. All of this, all of these restrictions, based on the data and the research and who's getting the vaccines, are going to disproportionately impact black NFL players negatively. And it's how these COVID restrictions, again, the the left loves to talk about, oh, Jim Crow, voter suppression. It's Jim Crow 2.0. And it's, look, these rules requiring an ID are going to negatively impact poor black and brown people. And it's all BS, uh, Glenn. I have yet this this whole voter ID deal. It's a victimless crime in terms of I haven't seen any proof that black people are showing up at the polls and being turned away because they have no ID or they're sitting at home. Oh, I got no ID. I can't do voter mail or whatever. It's all garbage. What actually is legitimate is what's going on with these COVID restrictions, but you won't hear anybody on the left talk about it. Okay, so why is it that the, the black community is is the worst at not getting vaccinated? Uh, no group of people has been preached to hmm. more aggressively, don't trust the government. Right? Than black people. Stu, we were right. <laughs> Stu and I were talking about this this morning, and we we're like, if you're black, why would you take it? You're being told everybody is trying to kill you. Here, take this vaccine. And look, there have been examples of the the Tuskegee syphilis project that, you know, from the 1930s that really damaged black men. And we were basically lab rats. Yeah. Uh, And so that's part of our history. But again, it's part of our history. What's going on today is corporate media and the Democratic puppet masters Every day telling black people, man, this government is out to get you. It's systemically racist. You have no shot. And so it makes perfect sense for black people to say, man, I'm not going to trust an experimental, an experimental vaccine that hasn't gone through all the proper normal uh, protocols and channels that vaccines go through before they're issued in mass it, it, it makes perfect sense for us to be the least likely to go get the shot so why then is the media attacking trump supporters when that's not it's not even true why are they going after people um and not mentioning blacks and hispanics which are far yeah. more less likely to get vaccinated because all the corporate media does is lie, and they particularly lie about race issues, and they want to demonize, oh, my God, there's this Delta variant, and it's Trump supporters. And, and again, it's almost like there are two dishonest messages confusing black people. One is uh, the government's out to get you, and, and they're, they're plotting every day on how they can kill you. And two is, oh, man, these Trump supporters, they're destroying America for you, and you must hate them because they're your mortal enemies. And, and Glenn, I, I'm, I'm going to go to my death saying Trump supporters and black people 
are natural allies. Mm-hmm. Both groups need to wake up mm-hmm. and, and understand we're we're not the elites. And, and I, I, you know, it's Glenn Beck is worth a gazillion dollars. I'm worth a lot of money. I get when people, oh, well, you guys are elites too. Our mentality is an elite. Uh, you know, our faith in a higher power makes us humble ourselves and have a different worldview. And so even though I'm wealthy, I'm not an elite. I have a working class mentality. Well, you know, beyond that, I, you know, I don't think it matters when we're all saying everyone should have the same opportunity and shot. I don't unlike uh, Donnie Deutsch, who came out. Can you play this for Jason? who came out this weekend and said this. Imagine the arrogance to say this on TV. Look, whether it's a mandate on mask, a mandate of vaccine, is at this point, there is a percentage of the population that, who cares whether they're angry or upset about, that this is just, there's 330 million people in this country. We need to protect ourselves. And as, and as, as Willie and Alicia mentioned, look, there's, there's been mandates on throughout time. I grew up having to get a smallpox vaccine. We all did other vaccines also. So I'm done worrying about what people think. I'm done worrying about is there going to be a firestorm, whether it's a mandated mask, whether it's a mandated vaccine. There's an idiot percentage of this population that just needs to be told what to do and guess what wow i think that's yeah. elite that's elite that that's certainly an un-american sentiment it's also a dangerous sentiment when when again that's someone who arrogant self-important thinks he's smarter than everybody else and it's literally that I, I promise you I wake up every day hoping I don't make a fool out of myself with something ignorant that I do, mm-hmm. and that's my system of checks and balances to make sure that, that I act normal. I, I just don't have that superiority gene that Donnie Deutsch seems to have, and a lot of people on the left seem to have. They're just smarter than everybody else, and the rest of us are just blessed to be in their presence. In your, uh, in your article, you talk about um, a player from Arizona and Tampa that – uh, spoke out last week about this and yeah. you said we can't be cowards and sheep forever what do you mean well deandre hopkins the arizona cardinal wide receiver has expressed his reluctance and concern about the vaccine leonard fournette who plays with tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers just won the super bowl he's tweeted out he doesn't want to get the vaccine and i i just think that what initially started out in corporate sports media was they were going to frame Cole Beasley, this white wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He was the first to to start speaking up, and he he was actually doing it probably on behalf of his black teammates who were probably too afraid to speak up because they just don't want to deal with the social media backlash. And so the media was going to frame like Cole Beasley. He's the only one as white guys and he's a Trump supporter and, you know, he's against the vaccine. And, and so I'm just glad to see DeAndre Hopkins and Leonard Fournette express what I know many black people think and feel the data backs it up. That's how we think and feel. Certainly in those, those NFL locker rooms aren't immune to what the rest of us think and feel. Ezekiel Elliott 
you know, the Cowboys running back came out and said, look, man, I grew up in a family where none of us got vaccinated. We, we just didn't believe in any, of the va- <laughs> in any of the vaccines. And that's prevalent among black people. And we don't, we, we got to quit being in fear of the social media mob and the left framing us as idiots or sellouts or whatever. We got to man up like DeAndre Hopkins and Leonard Fournette and Cole Beasley and speak our truth. So do you do you actually believe you said that um, this COVID-19 uh, is is going to make uh, the Emancipation Proclamation? I'm trying to figure out what, I, what I'm trying to find it. Do you remember what you wrote? Yeah, I yeah. said that these restrictions that the NFL are implementing are going to make uh they're going to come off like stop and frisk in old New York or they're going to make stop and frisk feel like the Emancipation Proclamation and Juneteenth wrapped all into one. Oh gosh. <laughs> and do you believe that? Uh to some degree, yeah. yes. Now look, I'm being entertaining in a column and I want to say sure, sure, sure. remember just like you did. I did remember well I <laughs> barely remembered it, but I, I that was the line that stuck out. Yeah, um, and it's just an analogy. To like this is the same way we complained about stop and frisk in New York. It's targeting black people. Targeting black people. This COVID restriction. It's targeting black NFL players. The the, the data speaks for itself. Hmm. Uh, Jason, thank you, thank you so much. By the way, is it okay to be happy that? The Team USA is not doing good. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't write it in my column, but I was rooting for France. Right? I don't want to see these guys on a medal stand irritating me. So I'd rather them lose than get on the medal stand and do any type of protest and irritate me. Yeah, it just felt wrong because I remember, you know, rooting against the Soviet Union. And I've never rooted against the America, you know, the American team. And I'm kind of there. I'm like, yeah, I don't want them to win. I don't want no. them to win. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Bye bye. <laughs> he knew right where I was going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leslie lives in Maryland. She writes in about her dog's experience with rough green. She says, my three year old Chinese. Oh, my gosh. She's got a Chinese dog. Well, don't worry. The Justice Department will not investigate (laughs) anything. Uh, She says, um, my Chinese crested powder puff. Wow, that sounds like. She says, it's frustratingly picky. Really? You got a dog named a powder puff and it's picky? Who would have seen that coming? We were just talking about elitists, too. And here we see one. I threw away more food (laughs) than she ate. I tried every possible food and even tried cooking it for uh, for her. As you can imagine, that got very old. But then I tried rough greens. I don't even have to clean her bowl. She cleans it and leaves no trace that was that there was ever any food in it at all. Apparently, she loves the taste, and I'm glad to give her the nutrients that she needs to stay healthy. Thank you so much. P.S. I do still wash her bowl anyway. Leslie, thank you for writing in. I don't wash his bowl, but that's a difference. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out, especially if they're picky. Just try it. All you pay for is shipping. You try it for a week and and see if they like it and they eat it. And if so, then order a real bag of Rough Greens uh, and then watch your dog change over time. It's Rough Greens, 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck.
888-727-BECK. Hey, Stu. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, um, but uh, optimism has dropped almost 20 points since May over the American people. Since May? Since May. Mm. Yeah, since May. This May. This this last May. Just a couple months ago. 2021. Yeah. People are less optimistic about the future. That actually does surprise me. Because you think coming out of COVID, out of no, because we're going right back in. Riots. They know we're going right back in. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think most people are like, nah, it's coming back. Yeah, they're going to do. It. If Texas does it, I ain't going. I'm not going. I don't think. Do you think any red state? No. Nope. Certainly a gov. Let's just say you happen to live in a state with a governor who may have aspirations for uh, the presidency, or just to be reelected, <laughs> or nope. just to be reelected. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Nope, not happening. By the way, did you hear the crowd in? Where was it? Arizona that went after. Do we have this audio by any chance? I think I sent it. No, we don't. Oh, shoot. You got to look this up. Uh, she was running, I think, or she is an Arizona senator, a senator and she's running for uh, reelection. But she was the only senator that said, no, we don't need to check these numbers. No, let's just let us move on. Uh, they didn't let her speak. She got up at the big convention mm. and not speaking. I don't know. I've, I've, I, I tend to pull back from the idea of not letting people speak. I feel like letting people speak is usually a good thing, even when you don't like them, because then they wind up saying dumb things you can later. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. I mean, to. I'd r- much rather see everybody get up and turn their back on them and just face the other direction. Let them speak. <laughs> we're just we're just looking in the back of the room. That's all we're doing. What do, you, what do you mean? We're letting you speak. We believe in freedom of speech. Speak all you want. We're not watching you or listening to you. Nope. And then when you <laughs> say goodnight, everybody, we all just sit back down like nothing happened. Does, I think that would be great, but... Uh, it does sound like a... Does, that doesn't sound childish to you at all? No. <laughs> no. I think people are... I think people are just pissed. Yeah. I think they're, no, I think they're, you know, they're not where they were you know, 10 or 12 years ago when it's they true. first started speaking up and like, hey, hey, let everybody speak. No, I think they're kind of past that. When it comes to their own side, you know, you get, wait, hold it just a second. Wait, you didn't even want to open up the door so we could see what was going on. You, you're, you're yeah. really right. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's <laughs> just, well, yeah. I don't think so. I, why, why would you show up to an event oh. like that? It doesn't seem to make and any she, sense. You, she had to have known, right? Are they that out of touch, even locally that they're like, no, they'll love me. I don't know. I, I, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think sometimes there are people who think if they can get in front of a crowd, they can turn people around. Well, I can. And you, you've done it. Oh, well, in all seriousness, you've done it at very hostile events. I've seen yes. it happen yeah. where you'll go out there and they will basically, they'll be like, all of a sudden you start speaking and there's a bunch of red dots moving around on your chest. Yeah, I know. You're like, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Uh, I thought you guys didn't like guns. Why are these <laughs> Why all on that? my... Yeah. But you're able to turn them around. I mean, that people do get that in their heads, but you should, you need to know where you're going and what your audience is. Yeah, and I don't think that was... It's not going to go well for her in a re-election. I'm just... Unless she runs as a Democrat. Or maybe an independent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, don't think it's going to go well. Don't think it's going to go well. Hey, have a uh, great day, especially if you're a senator from, from Arizona. <laughs> hey, just go on and take on the day. This is the Glenn Beck Program.